Cosmic Pleasure Podcast. I'm your host, Amy D. Thompson from amydintuitive.com. I'm an intuitive mentor, tantrika, energy healer, writer focused on topics of body, mind, soul, and sex. In this podcast, we discuss topics on discovering, developing, and embodying our limitless pleasure potential in this lifetime. We cover topics of sexual empowerment, spiritual development, energy medicine, mindfulness, and holistic health and wellness. This podcast is for the modern day human looking to open their heart and mind to the limitless potential of pleasure in life, love, and of course, sex. Enjoy. Hello, babes, and welcome back to the Cosmic Pleasure Podcast. Today on the podcast, we have one of my dear friends, Laura Paiwai, who is a multidimensional being. She is a mama, financial advisor, sexual goddess, and hosts a podcast called Laundry with Lala, which holds space for raw, open, and honest conversations on a broad range of topics from sexuality, parenting, spirituality, relationships, and womanly chats, and so much more. Today on the episode, we are discussing... Laura's experience with swinging or being sexually fluid or sexually open, what that looks like for her, how she got into it, and kind of some tips and tricks if this is something that you are interested in. We also talk about sex after birth and sex as a mama and many other topics that come around those points of conversation. I hope this podcast is supportive on your journey and I'm sending you so much love. Without further ado, let's get into it. Um, so thank you for coming on the podcast today, babes. Oh, thank you for having me. It's nice to be in the other chair. I one. know, that's exciting. Have you ever um, recorded a podcast with someone else? Or? Yeah, I did my birth story, but obviously... Yeah um like their story is great but I feel like this topic's quite like really interesting so yeah. I'm really excited for this chat <laughs> oh I love that um so babe my first question for you today is being such an extremely multi-dimensional woman yourself being a mama insurance broker podcast host and sexual goddess because let's just own that that is your energy um what led you to become the woman today that I see as an extremely confident, passionate and diverse woman with her own mind? What's a little bit of your backstory and how can more women practice the confidence that you do to bring more joy into their own lives? No, oh, it's so sweet. Well, firstly, I, I kind of want to say that I haven't always been this confident. Like it's mm-hmm. not just um, I woke up one day and became this confident woman and I definitely still have days where I look in the mirror and I'm not confident or you know, I I don't like something about myself. I guess every woman's like that. So yeah, I'm not always confident, but I guess um, a little bit of backstory about me. I got divorced. Well, I got married and divorced by 22. So Mm -hmm. I was married at 20, divorced by 22. Yep. Um, And then straight after that, I got into another relationship, which was very abusive. And I feel um, 
that taught that both those lessons taught me so much, especially because I was just coming into my 20s. You know, that's such a big change in a woman going from a teenager to into your 20s and I was moving out of home and like all those massive big changes were happening. I was getting into a career. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I had to, I feel like I kind of was forced into being to try and be real confident and forced into um yeah trying to be this better person I guess and prior to all of that happening I lived my life so much trying to please others and trying to um be the person that everybody else wanted to be so when I went through those hard times it really did shape me and go okay well fuck it now I've really got to um just trust myself I've got to Mm -hmm. grow into myself and learn everything by myself I can't have anybody holding my hand so yeah, I guess that's not, like going through hard things has just made me the person that I am today. Going through mm. a divorce, going through a marriage, another marriage, you know, um, having a baby, like just things that have gone through my life. Yeah. Yeah. It's shaped me to be confident. It almost like I, I always kind of say it like it's kind of forced you to crack open, which is then and taught you about what it actually means to have strength. And I think in strength, that's when we find confidence a little bit more, we can go into that energy of confidence a bit more. And um, I find it really interesting. It's almost like as well, I find like, you know, your early twenties going into, you know, you went through a lot in your early twenties, that's your maiden phase of life. You know, your, your, your young girl phase of life. And then it really transmuted you into the woman that you wanted to be, because it was like a lot of hard, hard, heavy topics to kind of navigate. Yeah, absolutely. But in saying that as well, I'm not the woman that I necessarily want to always be either. Like I'm always giving to myself and growing. Always growing. Yeah, absolutely. Trying to be better. And um, yeah, you're totally right. Like that is such a transitional um, time and a woman's life or anyone's life anyone's life yeah yeah and it either makes or break it breaks it you know like you can either see the lessons see the hard patterns that we keep repeating or that we've we've had to navigate and move through them or we can sit in victim mode which I love to see that you chose not to you know you chose to grow from from those well I definitely did a few times of (laughs) course we do we have to repeat it yeah of course we all have to repeat the patterns to then um to see them sometimes and it's they're always going to resurface but yeah I love that um okay so let's talk a little bit about sex today because we just recorded a bomb podcast the other day for your podcast laundry with Lala which was all of the topics around soul sex but I'd love if you started off by if you felt comfortable to share a little bit about experiencing coming home to the sexual self after childbirth what was your experience of it was it a, a tough energy to navigate and different things like yeah that. oh it was extremely tough it's still really really tough I'm mm-hmm. still um yeah the, finding my sexual self after birth you know I, I felt like I really was one of these women that didn't think childbirth and being a mom was going to change me and I thought I was going to keep the person that I am um and I still am that person however there has been a lot of things that I've had to let go of um, a lot of things that I once once brought me joy and yeah. pleasure yeah. and those things don't necessarily make me feel good anymore yeah um, so that's been a massive not just a change for me but a massive change for my husband as well to mm-hmm. for both of us to kind of navigate through absolutely um, 
yeah, I absolutely lost myself um, sexually, still just trying to find myself, you know, I went from having sex every day easily, I, I had yeah. such a high yeah. sex drive before I fell pregnant, mm-hmm. to during pregnancy being frustrated that I was, you know, growing and I'd never been a big person in my life ever, yeah. I'd never yeah. had weight issues, so yeah, yeah, I, I remember like, yeah. that being a hard thing for you during pregnancy. Absolutely. Yeah. It was so hard. Mentally, it was hard just because I was gaining all this weight. And um, and then when you go to have sex, you don't feel sexy. You don't. Mm. There was definitely some points I did feel sexy, especially at the start of, you know, when you just have that little bump. But once you start getting over, mm. you know, 30 weeks. <laughs> yeah, see, like, I, was, I was the opposite. But it's so good to talk to other mums about their experiences. And, and recognize that it's totally and like pregnancy even though yeah the physical blocks come up it's an internal journey and our perception like for me the first when my bumps first started growing that freaked me out like I struggled with it I was like what the hell is happening and then once I'd accepted my bump I was like good to go like we had sex right up to like to even to trigger birth you know so it's yeah. so interesting hearing your your story your perception on it for sure we have sex during during the whole time of my pregnancy mm. especially when it was um you know I went a week overdue so I was like let's have sex every day yeah 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 um but I I remember crying a couple of times because yeah. I just in my head I wanted to do things I wanted to be able to spin around and <laughs> oh yeah same you know, like bend over and feel sexy. And I just mm. didn't feel sexy whatsoever. Yeah. And it hurt. And and then you'd be on top and the baby would kick and then oh, it's God. even more freakier. Or then yeah. like, I had like real blocks around like when my ex went down on me when I had a bump there. And I'm like, you know, you're so you used to like, you're so used to like seeing them. And then you're like, oh my God, this is so creepy. My baby's in between me and my pussy. Like, it's so weird. Um, You know, there was things that came up like that where I'd be like, trying to like squat on his penis or something and I'd be like wait hold me up you know <laughs> I, can't, I can't hold my body weight <laughs> exactly. I've gained so much weight I'm not used to this yeah yeah exactly yeah so it, there's so many like logistical things and sometimes if I'll it depends where we're at on the day right if we're mm-hmm. um if we're not kind of feeling great about ourselves it can be a real trigger and we can't laugh about it we're just kind of like oh no yeah yeah and I think because also I was so sick during my pregnancy as well yeah, like that yeah. kind of contributed to that and mm-hmm. like um some women you know when they get their periods and stuff they get yeah. real bloated and feel gross yeah. and don't want to have sex whereas some women when they get their period they're horny they're hot you know like they yeah. love it um so I guess yeah it just shows that everyone's so different whether it's pregnancy journey whether it's periods whether it's yeah you know we're all so so different and yeah and also like I just found when I was pregnant there was things that I would like talk to my girlfriends about with sex and it's such a gray area like pregnancy sex is a little bit of an area where people like don't want to talk about it as I mean you and I do like we're pretty open-minded so we do but I feel like Joe blogs don't necessarily talk about the intricacies of having sex and it sometimes becomes like in the too hard basket for some um, because of that but it's kind of helping yeah. people understand that there's no rules around this you know like no, you just navigate like it yourself no and you should be able to talk sure. to your girlfriends about or somebody about these topics and like how what positions work for you and what's comfortable and what can I try yeah. and you know how can I yeah. navigate this and different things like that you're mm. pregnant because you you have sex right so yeah come on, it's not a secret that exactly. you're having sex. <laughs> I know I know and it really upsets me when I see people talking about like 
oh no the baby's in there I can't have sex anymore I'm like well you know mm. and in hypnobirthing they talk about that too I eh? like talk about mm-hmm. how um you know the baby came in one way and you can help baby come out that way as well so absolutely yeah. it's so natural yeah. yeah get in there having sex yeah yeah <laughs> while you're pregnant yeah, and yeah. So, but it was um, definitely a journey yeah for sure I totally agree and after sex after birth it's um, a whole nother journey isn't it so oh yeah. my god yeah absolutely like that was not just the I remember having sex for the first time and I think it was like four weeks and because I had a vaginal birth like yeah you, and yeah so you gotta like normally take well actually I asked my midwife when can we start having sex and she's yeah. like well as soon as you feel comfortable um yeah. you know just because I didn't rip or anything and she's yeah. like as soon as you feel comfortable yeah um so we tried after four weeks and it was still a bit sore yeah um, but yeah my husband was great he's very patient with that kind of stuff and oh that's great that's amazing I think that's the most important thing I think I was five weeks after birth and Mm. yeah yeah my ex was really supportive and that's what you need I think and you really need to stress that to your partner as well you know just to let me guide the way and if we need to stop we need to stop and but yeah I remember having like a bomb orgasm the first time I had sex after childbirth I was like really craving sex after childbirth not straight away I don't know it was weird like I think those hormones those happy hormones you know after you have a baby you really feel really loved up and connected and stuff like that but Mm -hmm. um I was the same like I think I went away that weekend after the first time I had sex and we tried to have sex again but it was just too much like I had to like really ease myself into it yeah and just kind of like not trying to do it more than like maybe once or twice a week just trying to not rush myself into it listen to your body is key isn't it absolutely absolutely oh okay so a topic I know you have not yet spoken about publicly or on your podcast laundry with Lala uh your experiences with swinging or being fluid and open within your relationship sexually this is a topic that so many could use some supportive guidance on especially because we live in a society that is hugely intrigued by casual sex rejecting labels and as of late more and more opening relationships could you fill us in on your swinging journey how you ended up journeying down this path what does swinging look like for you and any advice or support you would put out into the world on the topic, especially regarding boundaries and staying in the love zone whilst choosing such sexual choices? Mm, absolutely. Um, I guess I really don't like the label swinging. Yes. Um, just, I, just it, it sounds, you know, um, dirty. Or seedy, seedy connotations seedy. connected to it, eh? Like, yeah. yeah, and I mean, even in, even in um, the swinging society, yeah, there is a lot of yeah seedy stuff attached to it. So, mm. I guess with my journey, like I've, I've always, I've always been bisexual. I've always um, loved women yeah. ever since you know I was a teenager. Um, you know girls would come to me at school and um they they wanted to like sleep with me to see yeah. if they were bisexual as well yes yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you became the experiment they're like Can I yeah try absolutely you I was, I was like, you're like I'll, um... I'll show you the rugs girl <laughs> <laughs> I love that um, that's hilarious <laughs> yeah so that kind of just started um yeah when I was in school and then then I got into a relationship really quickly you know like 17 that's my first husband yeah and during that period he was always open to the fact that I was bisexual and didn't mind me sitting with girls and I did a few times by myself and we always kind of talked about like a threesome but back in those days I sound so old but back in those days there was no tender yeah there was no um 
like online dating wasn't around as much yeah, as yeah. it is in the world now. Yeah. So we didn't really know how to how to get that going. And um, but it kind of just never happened. And then when we separated um, and I got into the new relationship, um, there was a chat there and he said, you know, you can't be like that. And I was like, well, I am like that. But like, I, I do appreciate women and yeah. I'm well, with me, you have to be with me. You can't be bisexual. And yeah, that suppress that, suppress that sexual self. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and at the time, you know, because I just jumped from one relationship to the other, he was my safety net, and so I kind of wanted to do anything to make that safety net stay with me and mm-hmm. keep me protected. So yeah, yeah, I did suppress that for a while, and um, like anything, when you start suppressing things, eventually they do come out. And yeah, yeah. Um, when I finally did separate from him. I was like cool I'm free to do what I liked and so I started experimenting again and I started yeah. having threesomes and casual sex and then um eventually I met my husband and we um got together and I said look this is how it is like I'm bisexual I want to sleep with girls you can either mm-hmm. we can either try joining in or I can do it on my own whatever you're comfortable with and of course yeah. most men um well not most men actually you find men are quite um Depends where the Delicious security things. levels are at, yeah. Yeah, but mm. a lot of men, he was like, hell yeah, let's get on this train, choo-choo. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and then because Tinder was around, and so we yeah. got on Tinder and started kind of experimenting there, and um, we just started, you know, sleeping with girls occasionally, and we noticed that um, when we were having threesomes, a lot of, it came with a lot of drama sometimes, and yeah. we remember, I remember one specific girl um we'd sit with her once and she'd come over to my house and we were um all having a good time and then she just like all of a sudden got off the bed and went and showered and I was like oh, I'll just go check on her and make sure she's okay yeah I went into the shower and I was like are you okay and she's like hop in the shower with me so I did and she's like oh I've just I'm just coming off a four-day bender and I haven't had any sleep <laughs> oh, just God. <laughs> and I was like okay like she'd also just drunk a whole bottle of Contro Oh and so got out of the shower and I was like to Ricky, oh my God, like, what have we done? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where she, I was like, look, just come, just come back into bed, go to sleep. Like we're, we're totally fine. Like we'll just like to watch TV and then like go to bed later on. Yeah. So she did that and next day everything was fine and she went home and a couple of days later or maybe a week later, she invited us around to her house and we're like, okay, we'll give this a go again. Like we both found mm. her attractive. She found us both attractive. And um, we went around to her house and, she she had a flatmate there a couple of flatmates and she also had um there was this other guy there and we were chatting away to him and we'd been like kind of talking about how we knew this person and mm. but like, like, like in a sly way not saying that we just sleep with her but yeah it came out yeah. yeah we had slept with her and and we said oh so how do you know her and she he said oh well I'm on a first date with her right now oh god <laughs> and we were like what the hell yeah. we just told this poor guy that you know all these secrets and yeah yeah we were like this is so weird like why are we invited anyway we, we all had drinks and we got over it and then her flatmate um pushed me against the wall and like started pashing me oh wow when I was in the bedroom and I was like wow this is intense yeah and yeah I was like look out of respect for your friend let's just ask her if she's okay with us you know she didn't invite us here so I ran and told my husband all about it and then we went and like spoke to this girl about it we said oh well your flatmate's interested in like sitting with us would you mind 
and she said well no you guys are with me you're dating me like we're together and we were like hold on a second oh gosh that was never discussed whether we're going to be in a relationship yeah Secondly, you've got a boy here like on the first date so how yeah. can you expect us to be loyal so boundaries were just kind of not clear enough and she didn't understand them obviously and oh, yeah. no, it was just yeah I mean from that point we were just like we felt we always felt like sometimes one would like if there's one person sometimes they would always favor one or the other and we yeah like this was so important for us to do it together right and yeah. we really enjoyed the experience together so we wanted both of us to feel comfortable you know in the situation and not feel yeah. like someone was favoring one one or the other so then um, one day he went away and um I kind of got chatting we went we came, we came across this other website which is predominantly for swingers but it's like an online Tinder, but it's like an online version yeah we we're on there yeah. and and um we were just like well let's just try swinging like let's just try like four people and then that way um the way that we thought would be you know two people were already comfortable with each other we're comfortable yes. with our yes. so we're just kind of like mingling and like mixing it all up and you know um hopefully there wouldn't be any jealousy or, or a lot less jealousy than just the one yeah. person yeah um and so that's kind of how that experience started and um yeah it was great we we've met um a beautiful couple on there that we ended up actually having um, a, a really good, we became best friends and had a really good relationship with and mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, I, like I would sleep with her husband or she would sleep with my husband and, or we, her and I would sleep together. Like it was all just very fluid and um, yeah. comfortable yeah. and then we'd go out for coffee and shopping. And, you know, if you just seen us in the street, you'd think we were just two best friends, you know, you wouldn't think yeah. anything of it. Yeah. yeah. And that was always how, that's how we loved having our swinging relationships was that they were good friends and we didn't just want to do this wham bam thank you ma'am like we really wanted something a little bit more special and somewhere yeah. someone that we could invite over for dinner and have a like play board games or and you have that you know. deeper deeper connection that way don't you as well and so you can stay fluid but you still have big respect for each other and and I always talk about like because you know I talk a lot about soul sex and you can have, I always say like, you can have casual sex, but it's so important that you have like, I guess like love for the person. And that doesn't mean you're mm-hmm. in love with them. And it doesn't mean you even have to know them, but you have that sensation of acknowledging that they're a human and you respect their values, you respect their feelings and you're open and you're honest about everything that's going on between you. And I think that's really powerful that you could manage to find that in another couple too. Yeah, absolutely. Look, it's a struggle. We've, um, I yeah. can definitely tell you some hectic stories of <laughs> um, couples that we've met that hasn't gone, like, hasn't been a beautiful thing. or Because they can use it as a band-aid too, can't they, swinging, I guess, for some. And if they're not going into it the right, with the right intention is really and important. That was, that was one of the, that's one of the things I've, I've got here is that you shouldn't, so for, for us, like we had a beautiful sex relationship, just him and I, me and my yeah. husband. Um, we weren't doing it to make our relationship better. Yeah. Uh, we, weren't, yeah. we weren't doing it because we wanted to spice our life up. We weren't doing it because we lacked something. So we wanted to add to our relationship. Our relationship was already great sexually yeah. well, in all ways. Um, so we were doing it to enhance our relationship. And that made our, our experience so much different than a lot of others. You know, we met mm-hmm. so many couples that, we're doing it to enhance their relationship. We're doing it because they were so bored and they've been married for five years or, 
you know, and it was, it, it's just trying really to save, save the relationship, but it doesn't save anything. It just Absolutely. damages it, it more. It never works. Mm. It just damages it more. And, and it made, I, I feel like it made our situation, we made, we were extremely strong through that yeah. because we had each other, because we, yeah, we knew that no matter what, we still were coming home to each other or we still loved each other or it yeah. wouldn't take away from any of that feel, those feelings. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of couples, they definitely went in it to spice up their life. Yeah. Um, I guess I, the reason I also don't really like the topic, um, the, sorry, the class is bringing is because I don't really class myself as that anymore. And yeah, it's down to that whole change and, and as a mother and, um, just a different dynamic you know I think you and I we've talked about it before when mm. you know on my podcast when um when it comes to like masturbating you just want to kind of get it quickly out of the way or sex quickly out of the way because your baby's sleeping in the next room you don't know when yeah. you're going to wake yeah. up or I think it's hard for us at the moment to find space for that part of our world and yeah um and saying that like it has happened since my son's been born a couple of times but it has been really organically it hasn't been something we've gone out and necessarily um sought you know it hasn't been sought after yeah um yeah it was actually quite organic normally with someone that we've already done it with yeah um but yeah it, it, it's been an interesting journey and as I was saying before what turns me on now doesn't isn't necessarily the same as what used to turn me on you know it's, mm-hmm. it, it took me a long time for my mindset to kind of get out of the hole I'm a mum I shouldn't be doing this um, absolutely yeah you being a mum does not you know you having sex with someone or your sexual orientation has got nothing to do with whether you're a good mum or a bad mum you know mm-hmm. yeah. um, so it took me a long time to learn that but I'm, I'm slowly getting there slowly getting there um, um, I adore that as well because I know um when I first fell pregnant in my first trimester that's something I grieved a lot was like oh no now I'm not sexy anymore you know like it was just a story I knew it was a story but it's so important that we do recognize that you know our sexual choices and our sexual orientation does not um validate our goodness as a mother or not you know and that we are still free to experiment and we are still free to explore our sexual self and enjoy our sexual self and actually becoming a mother can liberate you even more because it's teaching Mm -hmm. you more about yourself it cracks you open you know we've talked about this before so I love that you brought that up it's really important yeah and and again like staying in that love zone right like um coming back like you know, during those experiences, we were always coming back to each other and we were always really connected, whether it be before or after or, um, yeah, you know, advice for someone that's wanting to kind of get it, you know, well, mm. looking into that kind of stuff is just making sure you're doing it for the right reasons. You're not doing it to make something better and make sure you're okay in yourselves. You know, one of our big rules is that if we'd had an argument or if we had we weren't on like a hundred percent on the same page or we, you know, there was something going on in our world. We wouldn't actually um, go and do anything with anybody else. And there'd been times where we have canceled dates or canceled catching up with people because we weren't okay in ourselves. And that was a big rule for us. That's so important. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, yeah, it's just being on the, like being on the same page with each other. We had a lot of people that would find out that we were, um, you know fluid and they would say oh my god how do I get my missus into that and it's like well you don't get your missus into it like 
sure you can have a conversation with her but yeah if you're trying to convince her it's never going to work you know it's it you both have to want to do it equally and it's almost like if this is like I guess when you look through your experiences with different relationships like you mentioned about your middle in-between relationship between your um, first husband and your current husband Mm -hmm. it's almost like you know in that in that relationship you chose to suppress that sexual self that part of you that wanted to be unleashed but it's almost like going and then I love that you went into your Um, relationship with your husband now that you were just like you know what actually this value this sexual value and I guess this this is just something for people who are really pulled to this pathway it's recognizing that if your sexual values do not align just like any other value in life if this is something that you really want to experience in life then make it a value that you're going to look for in relationship because relationship should never just be based around this idea of love because love is not enough to really nourish a healthy relationship we have to have similar values and if this is like kind of a hard boundary that you want to because you know like I guess like I see in clients like sometimes I can sense that they really want to experience a certain sexual experience. And I have to say to them, like, if you die not experiencing this sexual experience, are you going to regret it? You know, like, because we are here to have different experiences. And of course, this isn't the be all and do all. Sex is just a part of our holistic health, but it can be a, um, a really important choice to really consider when you go into relationship, do your sexual values align? Um, And if not, is the person open, open-minded to trying something different? And, you know, you need to really decide that maybe. Absolutely. And I'm not saying that, you know, swinging is for everyone, but mm-hmm. humans weren't made to be monogamous in the first Absolutely instance. Not. You know, no. The reason that monogamy is around is because of religion. And mm-hmm. we are literally a Christian country and we are bred that you have to be with that one person and you know that's the only person you can have sex with and it's just so you know you look back in the cavemen days and the, the whole thing with men is they they have that desire to have sex with other people because they want to be able to spread their seed like that's yeah. what it comes down to um, back in the day and I mean also I'm not like, telling, telling you go back into yeah but ex- absolutely like I agree like I look throughout history and you know like there used to be there's different things like they talk about Isis sex magic and Mary Magdalene and they talked about how she was a prostitute but she wasn't she was trained in sex magic and things like that and you look back into those times and they were trained in what they call sex magic and they were having sex with more than just one partner because sex was not meant to be this linear but it's almost like it is very programmed it's important for people to recognize it's programmed in you to have this idea of monogamy so it can be hard to shift through that but Mm -hmm. it's okay to want to be fluid, you know? And like you say, swinging might not be um, a label that you want to put on it. The same, you know, that we see it so much with gender now, you know, they're stepping away from labels. So of course you can step away from the swinging label and just say, I'm just fluid. I just go with what feels good to me, you know, like it's- Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's so many, so many things out there. Um, You know, I remember speaking to my girlfriend, she's a, She's in a polyamorous relationship, you know, and mm-hmm. that's not necessarily for me at this at this moment in time. Like, yeah, you've got to find your own 
thing. And if that's monogamy, great. If that's not monogamy, awesome. If it's sleeping with 50,000 people, great. Like just do what makes you feel right. And yeah, as long as you're doing that in a safe way and um, as long as you're communicating with your partner, if you have one and being open and honest and knowing that you can say no at any given moment and um, yeah. they can say no at any given moment, that's all that matters. Exactly. And that's, I love that you've said that because it is, comes down to feeling safe because I think like, I mean, I've been relatively fluid in my sexual relationships, but definitely not so much when I've been in, um, I guess like a monogamous relationship. I've chatted about it, but I guess I've never felt safe enough to go there. Like I've never mm-hmm. felt held in that container of love. So I love that you've talked about safety and well, not so much safety as in like, I'm talking, I, I guess I'm talking more safety, safety of your emotions, you know, and safety of your um your energetic self more so but of course like general safety is important with sex but oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. but you, you hit the nail on the head there as well you know I was comfortable talking to my husband about that because mm. he gave me that platform and yeah. gave me the um, respect ultimately yeah. to, to voice these things and he's voiced things to me and I've given him that place to mm. you know we're each other's safe haven in that regard whether it's um, as you just said, like it's not necessarily about the safety aspect, which that's really important, but it's also yeah. about the fact that um, we've just given each other time and, and a place and a platform, you know, just giving them yeah. space to communicate. And yeah, I adore that, what you said about um, about cancelling dates and stuff. If you're just not feeling good in yourself, that's so, mm-hmm. so important, especially if you want to, if you want to have fluid sexual experiences in a holistically healthy way is so important to really you know like we don't people we're trying to step away from people pleasing in life in general so don't people please with your sexual experiences either and then you won't get yourself into like really mess well not yeah well if you're making the choice to go into it you are getting yourself into a situation that you're going to have to probably emotionally mentally recover from because you know especially when you're sharing a love partner exactly oh thank you so much for sharing that oh i love Mm -hmm. that such a juicy topic um so when it comes to sex what are your three top pieces of advice or wisdom you could give to my listeners around coming home to and expressing your most confident sexual self yeah i think knowing your own body is so important Mm -hmm. you know how can you expect your partner or partners to make you feel good and make you come and all those things if you don't even know yourself how to do that so Mm -hmm. I think that's something that's really important I feel masturbation is so healthy um you know in my and even growing up you know my parents or my mom was I mean, she didn't like go into details, but she was always, there was always that um, safe space to do those kinds of things to experiment with our body. Yeah. I think the fact that she's a nurse, et cetera. Um, I think finding out what makes you feel sexy and confident is also really important. You know, what makes me feel sexy and confident is not going to be the same as what makes you feel confident mm-hmm. or not going to be the same as your friend. So you've really got to yeah find what makes you feel good like is that dressing up in lingerie with some high heels on is it um you know having a bath and putting moisturizer all over your body is it you know whatever it is I know if I'm going out and whether that's for a date or whether that's just we're going out um to town for a few drinks I always like to get really naked like I always like to shed my hair and put makeup on naked I love that I love that like the feeling of just 
like looking your best while you're naked and it just gives you so much confidence gives me so much confidence anyway mm-hmm. um and then the last one is just having fun and experimenting and relaxing and but then like I said in, just before like knowing you can say no at any point like that's so important um but relaxing into any experience um that's a big thing with hypnobirthing you know um and childbirth like no it's not a sexual experience but baby's coming out of your vagina which is the same place you experience experience um pleasure from so you've got to relax into all of that right and um, who's to say it's not a sexual experience just because we've I guess we've like sexualized sex you know like when I teach about tantra like sexual energy isn't about having sex sexual energy is sexual energy sex yeah. and the having of physical sex is different to sexual energy so it's the same with childbirth you know like I struggled to wrap my head around it too but I know we talked about it when we were both pregnant at the same time and I talked about like recognizing your fears and sex come through when you're giving birth so say you're for me it was like I was still afraid and still working through being seen fully pussy out lights on like that terrified me in the bedroom and I knew Mm -hmm. if I didn't work through it while I was pregnant it would come up and giving birth because your pussy's out lights are on and there's a baby coming out you know so it's like Mm -hmm. trying to recognize that our sexual fears are deeply connected to childbirth but yeah I adore that it's like it is really relaxing into the experience and if you're not feeling relaxing if you're not feeling good about the experience it's a signal to stop you know and yeah and make sure you do stop yeah and that you can change your mind at any given moment it's fine to change your mind there's these ideas that no I said okay but you can say no it's not okay now you know at any time absolutely yeah and you can say I'm sorry that actually hurts me you know you don't just have to grit your teeth and bear it like that's the worst thing you could do um yeah I love the one of the things that we learned at hypnobirthing is that when you grit your teeth that's actually linked to your pussy so when you're gritting your teeth and tense stuff around your mouth it's actually linked to your pussy so your pussy's getting tense Mm -hmm. um I found that really interesting especially um during that process is in my head I was like relax your jaw relax your jaw relax your jaw same with sex you know yeah if you've got a big penis just relax your jaw and you know it's gonna (laughs) yeah exactly um, relax your throat (laughs) and I guess that's what they talk about like noise making noise through your throat like open mouth open vagina and that's how I knew I was going to transition when I was in birth because I started making these really like chanting like rhythmic like uh, uh, like you know those weird noises and I was like okay it's happening the vibrations happening in my throat my pussy must be opening like you know I knew it was happening but I guess it's the same when we have sex like the more noise you can allow yourself to naturally make don't force it to happen but if you feel intuitively like okay I want to moan like let yourself moan because it's opening yourself you know and really Mm -hmm. allowing yourself to open to the to the sexual experience it does really help and also saliva I've Mm-hmm. I know that when the wetter your mouth can get the more like saliva you produce the wetter your pussy can it can help to stimulate the wetness in your pussy which wow. it's not a foolproof thing of course but it is something that is connected and it's just interesting to witness yeah yeah oh very good well there you yeah. go There's, that's my little tip <laughs> yeah that's amazing thank you so you began creating laundry with Lala your podcast after having your babe which I feel is so amazing because I see so many just women just close up shop, creative shop, because 
Like, let's admit it. It's hard to find the balance sometimes as a mama and especially as a working one, which you are. But what inspired you to start your podcast and what has your message mission been with the podcast? I think what, what inspired me is I've always, I, I've gone through a lot in my life, you know, I'm coming up 29 and mm. in my 29 years, I've gone through a lot of shit that some people don't experience in a lifetime. Yeah. And so I, I've always wanted to be able to have a platform available for someone, whether that was a book or whether that was a podcast. I didn't know how it was going to come about, but having a platform and a safe space for people to open up about conversations that actually need to be had or mm. aren't too comfortable, but we should be talking more about it, whether that's sex, whether that's childbirth, whether that's abortions, whether that's, you know, mm. things that need to be talked about we shouldn't be living in a world that's so taboo and so um all hushed don't tell the person next to you about that yeah um and so yeah I just really wanted to give uh, give a space for have those conversations and to spread some wisdom that I've had and spread some you know life experience that I've had um as well as bring people that have had other life experiences on um yeah it was just just a place for for women really to connect and not just women but anyone to connect and um, I like to talk a lot as you can tell yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah and, and I love talking so that's kind of how that came about cool that's awesome so how can other busy humans or mamas uh, stay devoted to their own creations in the midst of what can sometimes feel and look like chaos in life yeah, I, I struggled a little bit with this one just because uh, when I did start working back in January, I took a quite a like, couple months off doing the podcast because I was kind of struggling um, even prior to doing the podcast, you know, just finding your feet as a mother. And then I did a bit of part-time work. and um, But I find for myself, again, like you've got to find your own, your own, your own thing for yourself. But for me, always having a vision and goals is so important, whether that's in your personal life, whether that's in your professional life, whether that's as a mum, you know, just goals in general, something to always look forward to as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a big list maker, so <laughs> yeah. I always try, and, and whether that's just blocking out my calendar for certain things, but just trying to allocate time um, to make sure that those important things are getting done, but then you're also making time for yourself as well. So whether that's you know, doing the podcast or, you know, running a bath or, you know, painting your toenails, just making sure that you always have space for yourself um, and you're not just giving to everybody else because let's face it, as mums, we we do, a lot of women do forget about themselves and they yeah. make their world, you know, their world is their baby. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that, but you've got to realise that you you are a person too and you're, you take importance as well and you can't fill your own cup up um, you can't fill somebody else's cup up when your cup's empty, you know? Yeah, and I think, I, I so agree with that. Like, yeah, I do see it. Like so many women feel like, and I find myself getting tricked into it. Like, am I being selfish, devoting time to, you know, my podcast or devoting time to writing my book or devoting time to painting or whatever it is that I want to be doing. But what I remind myself is that if I am filled up, if I am in a good energetic space, I can be a good mum. But if I'm mm. not, then I just get cranky, you know, like, oh. and I think most mums would, and I think we'd be lying if we said that we didn't, you know, so it's, if you lose yourself and your whole, 
um, the whole way you're defining yourself is as a mom and your child's mom and your whole life becomes about your child, which can easily happen. It is very um, difficult to show up as the best version of yourself and your child learns from you, right? Mm -hmm. And show learns from the way you're showing up in the world. So if the child like sees you going after your big lofty dreams or creating, you know, from this space of like fun and joy and whatever brings you joy, then you can show up better as a mother as well, I think. Totally. And I remember someone saying to me, um, like nitpicking a photo of mine and my husband turned around and said, like, get a life. And they said, oh, my daughter is my life. And I thought that was so sad that my son is definitely a massive part of my life, but Mm -hmm. is he my whole life? Hell no, because I want to, as you've just said, I want to show up the best version of myself and I know that there's days that you know we're not all perfect we're not always happy and that reflects on on our children our children pick that stuff up you know whether that's I'm just having a I remember sitting on the couch one day and I was just sad and my son came up to me and hugged me and just knew like he's only 16 months old like they were so they're so intuitive and they're so um they're so innocent to the world around them that they pick up on all that stuff so you have to be the best version of yourself and also like you have to see how much pressure that is for your children. You know, like my child is my life. Okay, but your child came here as its own being. You know, he or she wants to eventually become an independent individual human being. And the only way you can nourish this in them is by recognizing that you have to be your independent individual self as well as so they can see that and you're leading by example for them so you know because also then your kid's going to grow up and then you're going to struggle as heck when they want to go off and they don't want to hang out with you anymore because they're busy with their friends or you know creating their own projects or they're like going out and studying and doing their thing and don't you want to be just happy for them and celebrate them and nourish them and support them on that path rather than kind of limit them and hold them back because you're like, what do I have now? You know, like, and we, and it's not to say that anyone's doing that in particular, but just like, there's such a danger of that when we put our child as our whole self. And I think that's just a dangerous place to be in. So it's so important. Uh, and we've, we've seen it like firsthand because I've, you know, I've got a sick child and mm. the mother's mother is like that. Like very mm. much like her world revolves around it so much so that we've struggled to get custody because she doesn't want to let go of her, you know? Yeah. And it's like, well, <laughs> you've got to let your child experience those things and that's our take on on how we're raising our son is yeah. I want him to get out there and experience the world I want him to be out there with his friends and do all these things so yeah and I want my own I want my own time like I yeah. want to go get massages and I want to do things with my husband and I want to you know it's not and I want to do things as a family as well don't get me wrong like I love that time yeah. but um yeah he is his own person and he has his own ideas, whether he's yeah. 16 months old or whether he's 16, you know, he's yeah. going to have his own thoughts, his own feelings about things. So you just need to kind of nourish that path, not, not make yeah. him walk your path. Yeah. And also does it come down to self-worth, you know, like are we self-torturing ourselves by, by making our child bigger than us, you know, like, can they not be on par with us? Can, our, can we not be important too? you know, like as mothers mm-hmm. or fathers or whoever we are, you know, so it's trying to say that it could be 
for some people a form of self-punishment for some reason or a, or a manifestation of our lack of self-worth and our self-understanding and a you know self-celebration and it's it's just in my perspective anyway it's just not healthy so oh, yeah. I, I don't think it's healthy at all either it even comes down to I just popped this into my head but you know when as we grew up our parents were always the hierarchy right and yeah. and with like punishment and stuff you know you mm. would, they were punishing you for things that you would do because they wanted to make sure that they were always above you where yeah it's such a different day and age now like mm-hmm. kids are kids are little humans like yeah they, we're they recognizing that yeah we're slowly recognizing that which is mm. great and I think that that just comes into all of it as well absolutely I love that so um I just have a couple of little questions for you now um what is your take on foreplay favorite foreplay moments (laughs) (laughs) um this one's also quite funny because I'm a bit warped in the sense of foreplay you know the the typical woman generally loves foreplay I think but yeah I think I don't know whether it's in, in saying that I've had some great foreplay moments but I think maybe because I'm a mum and it's almost yeah. like let's just wham bam thank you ma'am let's yeah. get over and done with like fuck the foreplay yeah yeah but that's also such an important part of sex you know it gets you ready for the big act itself um but I so guess yeah, like I, I, we've talked about it before as well and you do you are and this is where women and men are also different we have talked about how you orgasm quite easily you don't have trouble with orgasm um self-connection and I guess also because your libido is naturally relatively high even if you've had issues before with after childbirth and stuff um possibly that's why you know as well you know like you're you're very much self-aware and you know what you like and you know what turns you on and you know what you enjoy and different things like that I'm not sure but I think it it definitely does come into play and um, even you know there has been a lot of times where I'm uh, even prior to being a mum that I was like let's just get out of the way and let's just do it but Mm. um, I think you you are right like I I don't take a long time to come so that you know it just comes it comes easily to me right yeah so um, but there has been some good good uh, foreplay moments I I always love the after partying um, moments you know Mm -hmm. you have like a big night out um, and you're just kind of relaxing and watching telly or movies and uh, maybe still drinking or maybe not maybe just yeah. you know having yeah. some takeaways and stuff in those moments on the floor and, or you know in the bed when it's just you two touching each other and yeah like that um, hang, hangover uh, yeah. sex yeah. is always fun or hangover foreplay yeah um, it's always fun I, I, and I also feel like again going back to the whatever night we've just had bringing it back to just you two you know that that um special time I guess is and I think foreplay definitely comes into play in that regard yeah it helps it does help to deepen the connection I think but as you say like when you are a mom as well you do find you adapt and change your perspective Mm -hmm. perspective on Mm -hmm. the sexual experience and it can be different and I guess sometimes uh you know like parenting sex I don't know for me I I do enjoy foreplay even if I even if my uh, my human self wants to rush it because that's how I've been programmed to believe that that's what men want um 
I am, I perform a lot better if there's a decent amount of foreplay, like not perform, mm-hmm. that's probably the wrong the wrong word but I enjoy the sexual experience and I find my orgasms are way more mind-blowing if I have foreplay but at the same time I think sometimes sex becomes more about connection with your partner when you are parenting possibly and it and it is does make it a little bit harder you can't have necessarily those lengthy sexual experiences that you did pre-baby so yeah, yeah definitely it's, not. <laughs> it's, it's trying to like kind of and I guess that's where communication comes into it doesn't it so really communicating what you love and what you desire so if you do have limited time you can maybe do like a mini foreplay you know like where your partner knows what gets you off so he's like yes let's go go into this area today and recognizing that every time you have sex doesn't have to be you know I do teach tantrip and they talk about these huge sexual experiences which are great if you have all the time but if you don't it doesn't matter you know like it's there's not a one size fits all to have soul sex you can still have short shorter sexual experiences and still feel soul connected and um you know have these mind-blowing sexual experiences in a short amount of time if you are self-aware and connected to yourself and communicating with your partner definitely and I think like I'm not to say that every time we have sex we don't do foreplay because we generally do my husband does try to um you know get me off before we um we go to the big D but a, a big thing for me as well is actually like I love to be like like poked like I love yeah. that like yeah. I um, find it real sexy that really gets me going yes yeah, my husband fingering section good fingering section mm. my husband <laughs> actually is like he loves doing it but he always <laughs> when he described it to me he was like I want to be the first thing that enters you oh. <laughs> So we, there, again, there's a lot of communication there. Like, yeah. you know, sometimes I won't do it because I know that that's what he likes, but then sometimes he will do it because he knows what I like. So yeah, it's give yeah. and take, right? Of course. And like, it's tuning into the energy of where you're at and then how much you have to give and then how mm-hmm. much your partner is wanting and kind of like, it's that intuitive experience, you know, like really, mm-hmm. really utilizing that. I think it's so important. Cool. And what is your biggest turn on and why, if you have one? I had a giggle writing this down because I'm like, okay, well, what turns me on is like a man vacuuming and like cooking. Oh, yeah. So (laughs) So your love language. Yeah. Your love language must be like um, acts of service or something. 100%. Yeah. Mm. So that's like the highest. And so if I was to get home and like, you know, the vacuum's been done, the washing's hung out, and oh god, I'm like, right, let's go, let's take me, yeah, take me out, and it I really turns it. me on. Mm-hmm. But if we're talking like just in the sexual experience, I love. Um, I guess I am like the typical woman, and I said that in quote marks, but um, I like to be like taking control of, like, yeah, I like a yeah. big muscly man to pick me up and throw me on the bed, or you know, pull my hair a little bit, or yeah, um, yeah. you know pop me on my knees and make me suck his cock you know like I, yeah. I love that um yeah assertiveness and that must like muscly man and yes. um, and that really brings me back into you know we had a great chat about the feminine energy that brings me right back into my I, I feel my feminine energy yeah it drops you down into that yeah and I, I love that because it's also like I love asking questions like this because it's so important that we hear everybody's different experiences of sex and turn-ons and different things like that because like for me like when like I've had partners in the past kind of be quite dominating with oral sex like suck my cock kind of attitude and Mm -hmm. 
I guess like I can't stand like the pushing down on my head Mm -hmm. but it's Mm -hmm. like it's it's one of my traumas you know like when I was 17 I had like a sexual trauma and I'm just flicked straight back there so even if it's a love in a loving way and it's recognizing these turn-ons can be huge for one person and a trigger for another person you know Mm -hmm. so like Mm -hmm. for me like the suck my fucking cock kind of thing is like terrifying because I like remember like crying while sucking some guy's cock you know so yeah it's it's, like so important to recognize that also that because that's your turn on that's not wrong and because it's not my turn on that's not wrong do you know what I mean like I think people really need to understand that that you're an individual you're always going to have something that's different to someone else absolutely and it comes down to you know your people's um you know things that that like, yeah anything that turns them on like some people like to get pissed on like that's exactly. not me but exactly. it's not to say that that's wrong like or, yeah, exactly. you know, there's so many other um kinks out there that yeah. don't flow with me whatsoever but that turns someone else on so. exactly and also like the energy we go into it too right if we're very if we can be self-aware and in tantra they talk about this like self-awareness is key like if you're going into the sexual experience just for yourself and you're like suck my fucking dick then I will sense that and I'll be like no but if they're like going into it and we're both going in with the intention that I want to celebrate your body and I the orgasmic desire to please both is very mutual and then Mm -hmm. he's like oh yeah suck my fucking cock maybe I'd be fine we don't know you know like um so it's recognizing that yeah that that's I think also like it's intention Mm. yeah and also it's it's with the right person right like absolutely I was single when I met someone online and you know it was the first time we're having sex am I gonna like that probably not but if my husband you know throws picks me up and throws me on the bed am I gonna love it hell yeah because I trust him and I love him and I respect you know I know he respects me and loves me and and you um, can feel his intention is I love like, you. I, wanna, I yeah, want I you. Worship yeah. You. Yeah. And yeah. I adore you and I love you sucking my cock kind of thing. So exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, I think that's amazing. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is uh, this is your, my last question and I ask all my um people. What mm-hmm. are some of the pleasure practices in your life? How do you or in what ways do you embody pleasure of any kind? Yeah, and it's good that you said of any kind because not necessarily sexually but like pleasure for me is also um feeling warm and fuzzy inside in myself right mm-hmm. so it, it sounds so stupid but I, I'm a clean freak and yeah. so that's one of my pleasures is is, is cleaning and sitting yeah. down I'm like if I'm looking right now and I can see my lounge and it's beautifully vacuumed and like everything's yeah. perfect and that's a big pleasure of mine yeah um I, I also again being a mum you do you know you're just so go 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 and you're just so giving to this little human and or your husband or whatever and so you do kind of lose yourself sometimes and so um another pleasure of practice of mine is just like having a bath and mm. lighting some and putting moisturizer on after my bath you know if I exfoliate to get ready for a fake tan or fake tanning like taking care of myself getting my nails done getting my eyebrows done you know getting my hair done like all those things bring me pleasure um, because I'm giving back to myself right so yeah. um, 
yeah, it's quite quite broad. I know about cleaning and no, <laughs> and I love that stuff, and then looking after myself as well. But they do say like a clean, organized space means a clean, organized mind. So it's <laughs> you know it's that whole feng shui stuff. You know, like it's Absolutely. very important. And I find like when I've let my house get cluttered and messy my mind is just like I can't cope with this and you have yeah. to clean and so I can't totally understand why that's one of your pleasure practices that's awesome it's so funny because my mum she's like so the opposite like she's clean and neat and tidy yeah, yeah. but when she she was here for a couple of weeks and she has left lots of stuff like um some clothes as well as like a blanket and a few other bits and pieces and she's yeah. like oh, I thought you might want it and I'm like no I, I don't want clutter like yeah. I want to get rid of this fucking thing because now it's cluttering up my drawers like yeah I'm all about simplicity and like, you know, like it's a huge thing, right? It's a huge theme at the moment that people are recognizing this impacts mm-hmm. our mental health. If our mm-hmm. house is full of clutter, often our mm-hmm. mind is full of clutter. And I say to myself, like when I clear out spaces, I just feel so much better, so much more mm-hmm. vibrant and in mm-hmm. love with life, right? Me too. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. What an amazing chat. And um, how can you, how can people find you if they want to listen to your podcast and things like that? Maybe you could just share Aww, that. Thank you so much. It's so sweet. I'm on all of the major podcast listening apps or on Instagram. So Laundry with Lala. Um, so they can follow me on Instagram or they can, yeah, find me on those and give me a rating and have a listen. Perfect. Amazing. Thank cool. You so Thank you for having me coming on, having coming on, darling. And <laughs> Thank yeah, you so I will speak to you soon. Oh, bye. bye. Thank you for listening to the Cosmic Pleasure Podcast today, babes. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love if you would support my message mission by subscribing and reviewing my podcast. If you would like to follow my work, you can find me on social media at I am Amy D, or you can check out my website, amydintuitive.com. I hope to connect with you soon and I'm sending you so much love. <laughs>